I'm Leslie. And I'm Tamara. And welcome to the crimes we're into. Can you believe that we hit the top 200 list? Absolutely not. That is crazy. I know. Like, whenever I got that email before I sent it to you, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, I could not believe that we hit the top 200. But we were closer to 100 than 200. I know. Like, for us to get number 125 and we were only doing this, I think it was our second week. I think so. Truly, truly amazing. Like, I don't... I don't even know how we did it. Thanks to you guys. But, I mean, like, it's all y'all. Like. So, I think we should do shout-outs then. <laughs> okay. So, first shout-out goes to Lee. Second one is Doug. Aaliyah. Lauren P. And Joe Beth. Then also. We- <laughs> <laughs> so, we also have one review that we're going to read today. It is from Snuckle. It says, with hugs from Nicole. The bloopers was the best. There could not be a more accurate depiction. Depiction. <laughs> I want to say description, but depiction <laughs> of you two. I'm so. If this is not a blooper itself. There you go, Snuckle. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. So I'm so excited for this podcast. I cannot wait to listen every week. When you make it big, I can say I've been there from the beginning before the beginning. Love you both. Stay awesome. And we love you too, Nicole. And if it wasn't for Nicole, I would not be doing podcasts. Just letting that be known. So thank you, Nicole, for introducing me to podcasts forever ago and getting me to eventually start my own podcast later on down the road. But before we get into today's story, we have a quick little promo from a podcast called Wait to Panic. Hey everyone, I'm Anastasia. And I'm Lauren. We're the co-hosts of Wait to Panic, a paranormal and true crime podcast. We've delighted in years of sending each other the spookiest and most disturbing tales we can discover, and now we want to share them with you. Join us every Sunday for new stories about murder, paranormal mayhem, and everything in between. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, or any of your favorite listening places. We hope to see you next week. Make good choices, and remember, wait to panic. When the fire department got there, she was on fire out in the road. Be just a normal car fire, you know, put it out, extinguish it, you know, be done. Burned over more than 90% of her body. She was bright, bubbly, loved everybody. She was a good kid. Tamara, you're really excited about today's story. Why is that? Because it's one of the two that you requested. I requested two? Yeah. You requested Jessica Chambers, and then you requested Don Lewis. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you requested two. Do you know which one we're doing? One of the two. <laughs> one of the two. We're going to do Jessica Chambers. You know how long I've been waiting to hear the final story of this? Like, this is the one... I, like, got hooked on, and then I quit my job and never got to follow up with it. So, I'm not going to lie, I've never heard this story. I had to, like, search for it, and then I just got hooked and kind of, like, spiraled out. That's I was what I'm saying. listening to, like, tons of people and watching all kinds of shows about it, and it was, it was crazy. Like, I'm not going to lie, like, 
it was way crazier than I thought. Now you know why I was hooked. Like, yeah. From the first recording, you're like, he didn't like this stuff. And I'm like, let me tell you <laughs> this. This story is what got me hooked on these stories because it's like, well, who did it? And I still, to this day, you don't know who did it. So. Tell me who did it. We'll get there. <laughs> Well, Jessica Chambers was born on February 2nd, 1995 in Cortland, Mississippi. She was 19 years old when she had, when, when this happened to her. But this girl had a lot of siblings. Like, girl had seven brothers and sisters. I got three <laughs> and y'all get on my nerves. I don't know. I Just mean, kidding. I mean, only like one at a time. There's one of y'all. But lately, I feel like we've been doing pretty good. Oh, we're doing good again. Her parents were divorced. They still have like this weird kind of like, well, like, I mean, it's I, not like, I know this part. They live on the same street. Yes. I mean, like, it's not weird, but it, it's weird. Like, if mom and daddy divorced, which they did, and lived on the same street, like a few houses down, would that not be weird? That'd be weird. Like, I thought it was a little odd, but, you know, like, y'all do you, so, like, okay. So, Jessica loved to play softball, and in sixth grade, she tried out for the cheerleading team, and she, like, fell in love. She's like, yep, this is my thing. I'm going to be a cheerleader. And since she was so small, she, like, was a perfect flyer on the team. And so, she just, like, loved cheering. Like, cheer was her life. I guess kind of like how you felt Mine. for <laughs> Your high school career is like, cheer is my life. Well, as Jessica got older, she started hanging out with the wrong crowd. She started smoking, possibly sm- smelling, possibly selling weed. And during Christmas break, Jessica dropped out of high school her senior year. And I'm like, no, no offense to her, but I'm like, for the people who drop out that close, it's like, why? You're so close. Like, just. Keep on going. I know. Because oh. if you want your GED or high school diploma, I mean, you ain't getting your high school diploma when you drop out of high school. And it's, it's early on, but you got a whole lot of work to do to get that when you were so close already. Yeah. So, and this part, I don't know. So, do not hold me, like, to it. For the people that are like listening on the podcast, I heard this in one place, and then stuff that I heard her parents say in interviews and court cases kind of make me believe that it possibly could be true. But in the summer of 2014, Jessica checked into Leah's house for 30 days, and I looked up what Leah's house was, and it says it's this is on their website quote it says this is not a halfway house. Or medical intervention center. We do not provide any type of detox. This mission is to provide adults, women 18 or older, with a biblical foundation to approach their problems. So, it's possible that she did go there after she dropped out of school and she was hanging out with the wrong people because her parents did say, you know, she was kind of like on that path and that she was doing better. Okay. So, it could be true. I never heard that from the half that I know so I'm sure I'm going to hear a lot more information and relive or not relive but recap things from two years ago Uh so that little piece I don't know how accurate it is I only see it in one piece and then like other things her parents said I was like it could possibly so I just added that in just in case 
after she got back, she got her life on track. She got a new job. She was working at Goody's department store. Then a few months later, Jessica started hanging out with the same crowd, same wrong people, getting her in trouble once again. On December 6th, around 10 a.m., Jessica was riding around with a few of her friends, Quinn Tellis and Keisha Myers. The three rode around for an hour or two, and then Keisha and Jessica smoked some weed and then dropped Quentin off at his house. She told Keisha bye, and then that she would see her later. At the time, Keisha didn't know, but she was planning on taking Keisha to Memphis, Tennessee later that night. Because Keisha's birthday was the next day on the 7th. So after Jessica took her friends home, she went home shortly after. Her mom asked her, hey, can you go get me a pack of cigarettes? So she got her mom's cigarettes, and then she came back home, fell asleep on the couch. And then she didn't wake up until her phone rang around 5 p.m. And that's when she told her mom, hey, I'm going to go get something to eat. I'm going to clean up my car, and I'll be back. So right now, we're going to, like, pinpoint... The moments between 5 p.m. and her death. Okay. And for y'all that don't know, we haven't told how she dies. And, like, her death is is very morbid. It is insane. So, we're just going to kind of, like, I kind of, like, told you a gist. So, everything happens on December 6th. So, we're just going to kind of, like trickle through of what we know, where she was pinpointed, where she was seen, everything. Okay. From 524 to 530, Jessica was seen at M&M gas station pumping gas. Then Jessica calls Quinn around 530, doesn't get him. Then he calls her back at 534. At 630, phone records show her in Cortland near the M&M gas station. Then she calls her mom at 6.48 for roughly a minute and talks to her. Her mom said the call was quick. It was odd. Normally you can hear music, wind, just loudness. She's like, I assume somebody was with her because she was being so quiet. It was just odd. And then I put a little side note. I'm like, I know when I was her age and I was up to no good and my had a call and check it with my mom. I'm sorry. But she already knows you got busted for it. I know. But when I was up to no good, that's normally what I was like, my quietest, like, y'all should be quiet. Like, you know, like you're trying you're to make it. Up. Yeah, you're trying not to make it seem like you're not doing something when it's like all the red flags are like, okay, she's up to something, you know, with your parents. Yeah, because when we act dumb and try to get away with it, it's when she's like, no, this ain't right. We busted. Yeah. So, at 7 p.m., her phone records were pinned on Heron Road, and that's later where she would be found. So, now we're going to kind of, like, go into the story. So, around 8 p.m. that night, Glenn Williams and one of his friends, Troy, was driving down the road heading home when they spotted a fire off in the distance. They saw a car engulfed in flames. Glenn stopped, looked around, but didn't see anyone, and Troy called 911 for help at 8.07. When Cortland firefighters arrived on the scene, they saw a zombie-like figure coming from the woods with her arms out, wearing nothing but underwear, saying, help me, help me. Yeah, I got chills yeah, I know. to it. 
They noticed it was a young girl. She was shot and shot, barely breathing, flesh burnt to the point where it was like just a leather type thing. Her hair was burnt so bad it was like to her scalp and fried. So just imagine like your body, your whole body being burned to that degree. So like just a simple mm. like hair straightener burned it hurts hurts. And then like this also made me think of where he just got burnt like a spot on his head. Like this was her whole that was body. nothing compared to getting burned alive. And so, I mean, obviously Ben was alive, but that was just a. But the sheriff chief, he grabbed a blanket, covered her up, laid her on the ground, and he's like, what is your name? And in the court, he said that he said, he thought she said Jessica Tambers. He said he'd seen her car, and he knew from the the vehicle, and then what she said, he knew a Jessica that lived in Cortland who drove a black Kia, and... So he's like, yeah, this is probably Jessica Chambers. So he kept talking to Jessica until EMS arrivers got there. And they're like, what happened? And all Jessica say is, he set me on fire. When they said, who? He, she's, he's like, I, I didn't understand. And he could never understand the name that she was saying. Well, another EMS worker got there and started talking to Jessica. was like, what is your name? Was anybody else in the vehicle with you? Jessica said, no. Then he said, what happened to you? And Jessica said, Eric set me on fire. Then he called MedStat to get someone out there like ASAP. They're like, we have somebody here that has second and third degree burns. It's covering 90% of her body. Like she was just burnt everywhere. They also called dispatchers and was like, hey, we need officers out here. We possibly got a crime scene. Like something's going on. So, shortly after MedStat arrived on the scene, they requested a helicopter. So, EMS loaded Jessica up. They gave her oxygen. They tried to give her IV fluids, but they were unsuccessful trying to find a vein. And they went through a bone. Like, I did uh, not know that you could go through your bone to give somebody IV fluids. I was uh, like, what? But, Just imagine how bad that hurt. Already burned yeah. and hurting, and then a needle go through it. Yeah. I'm like, went. Oh, like, it made me cringe so bad whenever I heard that they had to do it through the bone. I'm just like, ah, oh. like, I hate getting an IV rectal. Oh, my God. Yeah, your you bones? can get a tattoo. I, yeah, I can get a tattoo all day long, but I don't want no IV or blood draw. One of the EMS, one of the EMTs said that he could only make out three words that Jessica said. He said, I could hear her say cold, thirsty, and Eric. And some fact, I did not know that burn victims got cold because I was doing her case. And then I guess I watched a TV show and that person got burned. And they're like, the person, whenever they get burned, be cold per se, but like their body's so in shock, they're shaking and they think they're cold. Well, on this, it was some medical person was speaking. They're like, the body goes into shock and it burns like their nerves and then that makes them have the cold sensation and i'm like that's crazy you would think that they would be hot not cold eight of the first responders on the scene said yes we did hear eric one said it could have been eric it could have been Derek that i heard and then one other person said i could barely hear 
a name. Like, she said something, but I could barely make out what she said. And this plays a huge part in this case, which you know. Like, huge part. And that's where I ended up stopping as when they were talking how huge this part is. Jessica gets transported to a church that was 0.6 miles away from where she was actually found. And that's where a helicopter was waiting to take her to Regional One Medical in Memphis, Tennessee. Cops notified Jessica's father and her stepmother, Debbie. Debbie took off running down to Linda's house. And then Debbie, like once she got there, she just screamed, someone set Jessica on fire. And that would have to be like the worst thing to say, the worst thing to hear. They said that Lisa, her mom, was like in shock. And she's like, what? Back up. What did you say? It's like, I just talked to my daughter just a little bit ago. What do you, what do you mean somebody set her on fire? When they got the whole family to the hospital, doctors said, there's nothing we can do for Jessica. There's the only thing we can do is just make her comfortable and then let her pass on her own. Her mother went into the room and told her that she was there. Her father was there. And if she was in too much pain, she could let go. And she told Jessica, I will get justice for you. And then Jessica took her last breath. God. That like just gives <sighs> me chills. Gives me chills. Jessica's cause of death was smoke inhalation, thermal injuries, and flammable liquid poured down her throat and nose and all over her body. I remember that now. Like, it's like she drank it, but they forced it on her, in her, whatever. It's like, what? What? But yeah, she had deep thermal burns. And yeah. with those deep thermal burns, there was probably nothing. no recovering. Yeah. Like, nothing. And you gotta think, like, if you had probably some type of lighter fluid poured down your mouth and up your nose and... If that set on fire, like your, your insides, are insides are burning just as quick as your outside it. Oh, just oh. But cops looked through her contacts. And there was no Eric, no Derek in her phone. Cops interviewed a hundred and fifty people with the name Eric or Derek in the surrounding counties, and this goes on for about a year of them just like. Your name's Eric. Your middle name's Eric. All right, we need, we need to, come on, come on, let's talk. Shortly after Jessica passes away, a guy just bebopping down the street, pushing his one-year-old in a stroller, named Jerry King, finds a set of keys laying on the ground an eighth of a mile away from where the accident happened. He tells cops he picked the keys up, he let his kid play with the keys, and then once he got home and realized that the key chain thing said Ben Chambers, which was Jessica Chambers' dad, he's like, oh, let me call the cops. Wait, first of all, if you find keys, one, why are you going to let a one-year-old play with them? Because they can hurt themselves. Two, the germs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I might be saying that now because of COVID, but... Still, I don't think I'm like, oh, I found keys. 
Let's play with it and not return them. Yeah. Cops still sent the keys off to be tested, even with the baby drill on them and all, to, like, kind of, like, figure out. But, and I may say this later on. I can't remember if I do or not. But Jerry King's baby mama, as he refer- refers to her in the courtroom, was an informant for Cortland. Like, she, her brother, I think, was a police or firefighter. So she was like an informant for them. There's a lot of like, questionable, a lot of weird stuff that makes this case like, okay, all right. People online were starting to talk, you know, kind of like anytime anything happens in the world, whether it's good or bad, you're going to have your good people on the internet, you're going to have the bad people on the internet, and then you're going to have those lovely trolls on the internet. Tons of stuff were starting to come out, and a lot of people were starting trouble. Got out that Jessica had a boyfriend at the time of her death. His name was Travis Stanford. Who was in jail at the time for burglary? Burger, burger, <laughs> burglary. <laughs> he was stealing some stuff. Well, uh, side note: Whenever I was a bondsman and they were arrested for that, and I would try to read the charges off, I'm like, I can't even say this, but burglary. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, blah, 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 and I'm like. Yeah, what you said. And there was like a couple of charges where I could legit not get out without being tongue-tied. And it's, it's so bad. It's like, I can say it clear as day in my head, but well, it yeah. does not come out. There was one word the other day that I was like struggling to say, and Anthony was just like laughing at me. And I'm like, I, I've said this word a million times. I don't know why I can't say it today. Okay, so I know. But at this point, you know, like people were like, saying that he put a hit out on Jessica and wanted Jessica dead because Jessica was cheating and just start a lot of stuff. When cops went and questioned Travis in jail, like, he was truly, like, upset. He was heartbroken what happened. And they're like, yeah, there's no way that he was involved. And normally we do a fun facts about Different things that pop up, you know, like side notes of the case. Well, this is not a fun fact. This is just, like, a sad fact. But Travis was shot over a $700 dispute during a dice game March 15th of last year. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Over $700 somebody shot him. We have that. I mean, it sucks, but... Some people, if you say the wrong thing or look at the wrong, I mean, the world's crazy. Like, $700. Oh, my gosh. But after they looked at Travis and talked to him, and after the 150 people that they interviewed, like, cops were like, okay, we've hit a dead end. Like, we need to call in a data expert. And... They called this guy in around August of 2015, and they're like, this guy is going to collect all the GPS signals on Jessica's phone, and we're going to just compare it with everyone that we interviewed. If we interviewed the mom, we're going to compare it with hers. We're going to interview it with her friends. We're going to do it with this guy. We're going to do it with this Eric. We're going to do it with this Derek. 
and just compare all everybody's GPS signals from their phone compared to hers to see, like, who was near Jessica? Who was with Jessica? Like, because we're not... There's dead end. Yeah. Like, we're not figuring out anything else. So, when they did this, they found one person who pinned multiple times with Jessica throughout the day of December 6th, and it was Quentin. Tell us. This is where we're going to stop. Seriously? Yeah. Like, I'm ready for the end, so I guess come back next week. Yeah, so this is where we're going to end today's story, so part two is going to be next week. I knew I just wouldn't be like, ooh, and just like leave you kind of hanging since you've been waiting so long to hear the end of the part. This is the part that I got up to. And I just want to make you wait a little bit longer. But do you have your ding-dong of the week? I do. This one is a man that was arrested for running naked through the Walmart parking lot. (laughs) I know you're curious to why, huh? The look on your face. I want to know why he went running naked. Well, initially, they had trouble identifying the man due to the, the lack of identification he had. They did not release any information regarding why he was naked, so just the way you keep you curious. Oh, just because I kept you curious, you're like, no. oh, I'm going to keep exactly. you curious? I see how it is. <laughs> this um, naked incident, chase through but, Walmart. Which, what would you do if you was like at Walmart and you walk out and the, just a naked person just like jets by you? I ain't going to look. I'm just going to be like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. I feel like that would be one of the things where you just like, you don't want to look, but kind of like one of those things, but you can't help to look. And then it's like, after you look and you see what you see, you're like, oh, good God. And you just kind of like turn it all the other way. I feel like that would be that experience. Probably. Lord have mercy. Follow us on our Facebook page at TCWI Podcast or hit us up on our Gmail at The Crimes Are Into. Donate to our Patreon at The Crimes Are Into Podcast. Also, leave a review and we'll give you a shout out during next week's episode. Follow us on our Facebook page at TCWI Podcast or hit us up on our Gmail at The Crimes Are Into. Donate to our Patreon at The Crimes Are Into Podcast. Also, leave a review and we'll give you a shout out during next week's episode.